Army Emergency Relief committed $3 million in grants to support soldiers approved for the Career Skills Program. The Army Emergency Relief's Career Skills Program was created in 2015. The Career Skills Program allows retiring and separating soldiers to participate in skills training during their transitional period to improve their civilian employment options. The program's focus is on pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeships, on-the-job training, internships, job shadowing, and other types of employment skills training during a soldier's last 180 days of service. Stay tuned for more on the Army's Career Skills Program, coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal's employees are veterans and military spouses, so they're part of the community they serve and they understand their members better than anyone. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. All right, today we're talking with Army veteran Scott Wilder with uh, AER, which is the Army Emergency Relief. Um, Scott, you've done a number of things in your career in the Army. I really want to hear what you've done with that. We're going to talk about um, a little bit about Army Emergency Relief and the uh, uh, Career Skills Program, the SkillBridge Program that the Army's running. Before we get to talking about all that, take us back. Tell us what you did in the Army. Uh, so I joined in uh, 1989, spent a little over 30 years in the Army. I have infantry background. Uh, when I joined, all I wanted to be was an Airborne Ranger, and uh, so it was, it was a pretty easy recruit. Uh, bounced back and forth between the, the, the 25th and the 101st Airborne, and um, uh, you know, served about it, well, served about it at every level of leadership. Um, I'd say I, you know, I ended my career in a pretty great note. I, uh, moved up to DC to be the old guard CSM, uh, one of the old guard CSMs mm. that, uh, does all the ceremonies in the cemetery, you know, for all our, our, uh, yeah. veterans and service members who have passed away, which was just an absolutely tremendous honor. A uh, job after that was I worked for the, uh, for a senator of Georgia, and then for the Sergeant Major of the Army, I was his congressional advisor for two two years for two different Sergeant Majors of the Armies, and then ended my job as a very rewarding job, very eye-opening job. I was the Soldier for Life Sergeant Major, and and there's a couple different Soldier for Life organizations. One is the ones that actually help the soldiers transition, which is the you know the Soldier for Life TAP, um, and then our organization was Outreach for the Army. So. We had a very small team of about 20 people. We work real closely with retired services office and, uh, but we would reach out across the country trying to touch almost every straight state, especially those high, high, uh, in retirees or where soldiers, you know, move on to after the service. And we would try to help connect communities, uh, educators, um, uh, corporations, mm-hmm. you know, and anyone who's willing to help these soldiers transition out. So when a soldier goes uh, kind of moves out of the army, you know, he's done with his career either through retirement or uh, just ETSing out of the army. He has a place to go. Um, and, you know, kind of like we were discussing before, if I would have got out in 93 after my four years, I would have, um, you know, it just would have been, you know, a few hundred bucks from the GI bill with no real direction of where to go and trying to figure it out on my own. So now, you know, through soldier for life and all, all the services have their own version of soldier fly for the most part. Um, we've really built this kind of cast this net across the entire country to, to hopefully, uh, you know, 
pulled in service members and, uh, you know, who are going to their, their post-career, post-military career, trying to pull them in and help kind of guide them through the process of transition because uh, it is, it can be a very difficult process. And I can tell you that you don't realize it until you're there. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, so, I mean, that's kind of real quick what I did in a nutshell. Um, uh-huh. And so, so you were yeah. still on, were you still on active duty when you were involved in the soldier for life program? I was, I was a, uh, so I'd been the, I was the Sergeant major for the, um, uh, for the program. Yeah. Okay. I was oversaw it as the Sergeant major. We had a Colonel that I worked with as well. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. So, once you did, once you did transition out of the army, what was your transition like? Did you continue to work for Soldier for Life? So I can tell you, uh, really, the time to really start preparing for transition. I think they're looking at twenty-four months out now. It right. seems like a long time, but I can definitely tell you all the stuff that you have to, you know, if you want to say cram into the last bit before you get out. It's tough, and you are trying to learn exactly what you do without missing a step. And, you know, I always use my example as the, uh, or myself as the example to say, these are the things to not do. And, uh, you know, I, I really personally didn't want to get out. I just had, I had too much, I had a, enough time where it was time for me to go. Yeah. Um, and I didn't prepare as well as prepare as well as I should have. So transition was probably a little, a little rougher for me than it should have. So, you know, all these soldiers that have all these, you know, as they're getting ready to prepare, they really need to look at, what all types of opportunities are out there, you know, through the soldier for life tap office on each post, you know, it, it's all in how you approach it. If you approach it, not really listening and thinking that it's not a great program, well, you're not going to get much out of it. But if you mm-hmm. go there, you know, ears and eyes open, paying attention to what they're telling you and use all of the resources that they have to help you transition. Uh, and then reaching out to all these non-for-profit organizations that are there to help soldiers transition, you'll be in a much better place. Um, so, so for me personally, I got out, uh, didn't have a lot of idea of what I wanted to do. I can honestly tell you, I thought it was going to come natural to me mm-hmm. that, you know, it's going to click and I'm going to know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't as not, you know, and after 30 years, it just seemed like something would turn on that, that didn't. So I had to really try to start figuring out who I was apart from being a soldier, you know, and that's when you, when you spend so much time, even, you know, even in less years, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, it's harder to figure out than people realize it's going to be. Um, so when I got out, I was looking at different jobs and just nothing was really appealing to me because I love the army environment so much. Right. And, uh, and a buddy of mine shot me a note and said, Hey, did you see this job for army emergency relief? And I thought, man, it's like almost like fate because, <laughs> uh, you know, it keeps me connected to the army, which I just think is just the greatest organization. And, and AER, when I was at Fort Campbell, it really, I saw how much AER did for all of our soldiers right. in times of desperate need. And I thought this is an organization I want to be part of, keeps me connected to the army. I'll be working with um, many fellow retirees. Uh, and I just thought it was the right fit. And, you know, it's funny when I look back, my wife comes saying, you better keep applying. Don't throw all your eggs in one basket. And my joke was <laughs> every egg I have is in that basket. And so I hope that it works out for me. <laughs> so, me. And, and fortunately it did. And, that, and, you know, I retired in November, 2019 and I started working uh, for army emergency relief um, in, in Jan- on January, January 6th, 2020. Um, so, wow. and then just, to, just to, to clarify, What's that? Great transition. Yeah, you're not Smooth. lying. Lucky yeah. transition too. 
you know, and, and not everybody gets that lucky. And that's, yeah. that's kind of the scary part. And, um, and, and just to clarify, so army emergency relief was created by the army, uh, during world war two, basically looking at all of the, at that time in, in our society, the breadwinner winners were normally, uh, the, the males and they were all off to war. So army said, we have to do something to try to help all these families that are back here while their husbands are, you know, over fighting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so AER was created and it's, 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 you know, we have, uh, like Star Major, the army chief staff or the, the, uh, vice chief staff, they're all involved in army army emergency relief, providing, uh, some guidance and kind of keeping us up to what the army is needing. You know, we never want to jump ahead of the army. So we kind of get some guidance from them and, and some leadership. And then we have a board of directors, uh, that is full of, former service members, uh, leaders that provides us guidance, but we're straight. Um, we are a non-for-profit, not really controlled by the army though. Interesting. Yeah. I thought, um, I thought, I thought I was actually thinking, uh, emergency relief was, uh, you know, up in the Pentagon, part of the DOD uh, program. It's, it's, uh, what's the terminology or the relationship there? It's actually a program that's basically blessed by the DOD, but it, but it's still separate. Is that correct? So, you know, it's, it's, so the, each AER office rolls up under MCOM, the installation management command. And that's where all, that's where basically most of the employees come from. Uh And then, and then the, the relationship is we were a non-for-profit created, uh, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest. I don't know the history of when it went from kind of being released from the army to a Uh non-for-profit, um, yeah, but but clearly blessed off on the army. We work hand in hand with the army. <clears throat> like okay. I was stating, we we never want to jump ahead of them and try to start fixing problems that might not even be there. Right. So we, you know, we we I would say our leadership speaks with their leadership on a continual basis, uh, ensuring that we're providing the guy, you know, the the uh, assistance that is needed to our service members. Yeah. Now, one of the things that one of the things that we really wanted to talk about today. Um, I mean, in addition to I mean, obviously, Army Emergency Relief is doing some phenomenal things, but the Army has a skill bridge program called uh, Career Skills Program. Um, tell us just a quick, just give me a quick tidbit of what the Career Skills Program is all about, and then we're going to take a quick uh, sponsorship break. Okay, just real quick, there is a difference. Skill bridge is a DOD program, mm-hmm. and then and then Career Skills Program is an Army program, and the basic, really, the 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 idea behind the career skills program is a soldier joins the army. He serves his time. He's getting ready to get out. Maybe not with some type of official job training Mm -hmm. other than what he's learned in the army. And it gives them the ability to work with, there's around 200 corporations right now that will provide training to soldiers. And then that company will hire that soldier at the end of the training. And it's about a 90 over 90% higher rate. So it's an extremely successful program. Wow. What an so awesome we, we want soldiers to get out with meaningful employment, not just try to find a job to get by. Absolutely. Hey, veteran entrepreneurs. Did you know that there's a leisure travel website that was made just for you and your family members that can save you money on travel, plus support your military community at the same time? American Forces Travel is committed to providing high quality and best value travel services to patrons affiliated with the Department of Defense as a way to thank them for their service and dedication to our country. American Forces Travel is a DOD partnership with Priceline, made exclusively for active duty reservist veterans and DOD civilians, 
You can save up to 50% off hotels, flights, rental cars, and more. You can even find and purchase event tickets through the site. On top of that, travel company commissions go to your service branch to be reinvested into your military community. Check out American Forces Travel at veteranonthemove.com slash travel and see for yourself. That's American Forces Travel at veteranonthemove.com slash travel. As a 32-year member of Navy Federal, I can verify that Navy Federal gets the military. May is Military Appreciation Month, and no one appreciates the military more than Navy Federal. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to thank the men and women in the U.S. military for their important commitment to our country. Members can enjoy an average earnings and savings of $352 per year, a savings rate three times the industry average, an average credit card APR 5% lower than the industry average, award-winning 24-7 stateside member services, over 350 branches worldwide. Show your own support for our troops with hashtag Mission Military Thanks. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Insured by NCUA. Dollar value represents the results of the 2020 Navy Federal Member Give Back Study. Value claim based on Navy Federal's 2020 Member Give Back Study. Credit card value claim based on 2020 Navy Federal as low as APR averages compared to advertised industry APR averages as of December 31st, 2020. Published on creditcards.com. All right, back talking with Army Command Sergeant Major Scott Wilder from uh, AER. So right before the break, we were talking, we just mentioned, briefly mentioned the Career Skills Program. So first of all, who's running the Career Skills Program? Who's managing it? Where's, what's, how's the relationship there? So the Career Skills Program is ran by uh, the Installation Management Command of the Army out of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. They oversee all of the, uh, all of the programs that are, that are involved with the Career, Career Skills Program. Okay. And then our, our piece of it is we just help help with some of the costs that will, you know, be incurred, you know, by the soldier attending. Yeah. Now the, yeah. So, so really, so the way that it works, I will tell you is, which is great. It works out. It helps many people. It helps the soldiers. Mm-hmm. It helps the army transition soldiers. It helps the corporation find uh, great people to be, you know, to be employed by them. So, um, you know, because they're, because it, you know, we sometimes just looked at it as like, they're really helping the army out, but it kind of goes both ways. They're helping the army out, but, but you can bet that we're helping all those, those uh, different corporations out yeah. by providing some great soldiers. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So the way it works is within the last hundred day, within 180 days of your EAS, you can apply to go work for a company and the, the army continues to pay your salary while you're off working with this company for 90 days or 180 days. And typically speaking, the company may end up hiring that soldier and the soldier may elect to have a job and they roll right into that when they actually EAS. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that, that's, that's the way that it's supposed to work. And and the <laughs> way that it, it really works is or the idea of it is, you know, within, like you said, last 180 days, they find this program and they, I mean, obviously they got to do it ahead of time because they got to pack a lot into the last 180 days. Mm-hmm. They find this, this corporation that they want to work for. Like a great example I always use is the, the pipe fitters, you know, where all that overhead sprinklers, stuff like that. Yeah. Soldier says, I think I want to be the guy that installs those. Well, okay. you can go to the post that provides that training. And then at the end of that training, they will offer you employment and they have locations across the country. So you can say, I want to go to Alabama. You know, this is, you know, where I'm going to be moving to in the end. And then that 
corporation will agree to it. And, and the success rate is over 90%. And, and, and when you take that nine or 10% not getting hired, it's, it's kind of a, it's a deceiving number because it's not soldiers who didn't pass. I would say nearly, I bet 98% of soldiers pass, if not even more yeah. what it is that, that, that 10% is guys who say, you know what, I'm going to reenlist or, you know what, after the training, this is something I just don't want to do, or you can't give me the location I want. So, so most times soldiers are passing and being offered the job and then they just turn it down for, for a, sure. a variety of reasons. And what is that 10% number? Um, is that, is that across the board for the career skills program or is that specifically like with pipe fitters? No, no, that, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's across the board with, with the oh, career really? skills program. And so, yeah. So it, you're it, saying it is an I just extremely want, successful. Yeah, I just want to clarify. Extremely like, successful program. At the end of the ninety or 100, 180 days, over ninety percent of the soldiers participating in the career skills program get hired by that company. Yes, that's incredible. Yep. It, it is incredible, and not all soldiers take advantage of it. And I, you know, I I don't know why. Um, and it's a big number, and I can tell you sometimes it scares the army because they think too many soldiers are getting involved in it, and that soldiers will decide to get yeah. out because of it, and when I was the sergeant major for the soldier flight program, I would talk to a lot of our senior leaders. I would tell them that that is not the case. This is a soldier who's already decided he's getting out yeah. and, but he wants to do something before he gets out to get a job. You know, he wants to secure some type of employment. Um, and now maybe you might have your very small percentage of soldiers who say, yeah, I wasn't going to get up, but now I'm going to, but I think that would be a very, very rare occasion. Now, do you have, um, are there specific numbers involved that, that you're familiar with? Like uh, the army has set aside, like we'll, we'll allow this many soldiers to do this each year, but only this many apply or only this many actually do the program. Or is it sort of an unlimited thing? Like what kind of numbers can you share with us? So I, at the time when I was in, I retired, like I said, in 2018, there was no limit put on it uh -huh. and roughly anywhere between, you know, it's a fluctuating number. They average about, it's been around since, I think 2015 is when uh, career skills program was created yeah. and around then it's averaged about 5,000 soldiers a year. I think one year they got up to 8,000 uh, soldiers in a year. And when you uh -huh. think 8,000 soldiers across the army, it's not real big. You know, if, yeah. if, if one or two soldiers out of your company level, you know, is an issue, then there's other issues than just two soldiers being, <laughs> being gone, you know? So yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, I think the highest number has been in the 8,000 range for that year. Like, do you have any idea possibly to compare the success of that program with the TAMP tap? Like what do they even keep, they even keep the data on that? Like number of soldiers getting out traditionally and going through the TAMP tap process, how many of them actually end up with a job? You're, you're saying just soldiers going, oh yeah, I don't just think the normal, they compare yeah. numbers. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, because I, you know, because once the soldier leaves, trying to gather that information is next to impossible. Yeah, I wondered if, you what, know, they probably have an idea what the success rate is, but it's, little bit harder to do. Yeah. And, and I'm, I, I've never heard of a comparison between, you know, I can't imagine that it's 90%, you know, moving into a meeting, you know, something that you want yeah. to do, you know, yeah. and, and like, you know, like I was saying, there, there's 200 corporations involved in this. It goes from like, there's, I think Microsoft has something to do with them. So, so you can get some type of training. Uh -huh. I know there's uh, caliber auto, I think is one of them, uh -huh. uh, the, the body repair. So there's that, there's the pipe fitters. I mean, there's just an array of, jobs. Yeah. Do you have any other, you know, like, I like the pipe fitter example. I love, you know, real world examples. Do you have any other um, interesting success stories or 
um, some uh, any other companies? I mean, those are some you know, big name companies that in opportunities that you're throwing out there. Like, what other kind of specific examples can you share with us? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I have like a specific example. Um, kind of other than what I was just saying, as far as like the the, the auto. I mean, I, I'm, if you give me one second, I got something right here in front of me. I'm gonna pull up. Uh-huh. Um, but but th- there are just literally so many. Um, programs and you know what I was thinking what I could do is I can connect you with the program manager for the career skills program uh-huh. and she could literally give you the absolute down and dirty on um, everything that they do you know yeah. she's and she's great you know, and she's great she would be she'd be able to give you way more info okay. on this than than what I can so while we're talking about it how would somebody get more information on the career skills program if somebody's listening to this and they're like I want to check this out how do they find out it's probably they probably get most of that info on the website right yeah, if you go, if you type in career skills program, it'll bring you to one of the MCOM websites uh-huh. and that will show you how to apply, uh, where to apply, what all types of opportunities there are. But, but it's, I can tell you that the 200 corporations is the ever fluctuating number. Sure. You know, it's, you know, like an example they had, I think it was diesel mechanic over at uh, Fort Knox and there was one kid attended the whole year. And I think that's one that they, they had closed down, but there are those types of examples that, there's just no interest in them. So, huh. or, or it's such a little participation rate that they ended up closing the, you know, closing the program. So, yeah. yeah. And if you're like, say, if you're a soldier on Fort hood, you need to go through the Fort hood transition assistance office to apply for the program or, or is it like, a, is it nationally you just go to, you just go apply nationally or you need to work through your, your chain of command where at the so, place that you're at. Yeah. So on each post, they have installation administrators and then they have career, uh, regional coordinator, career skills program coordinators. That's who they would, who they would reach out to. And all that information is available on that, on that MCOM career skills website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and so, like I said, it really, that'd be, you know, me contact you connecting with the program manager for career, career uh-huh. skills program would be able to give you, give you great sure. details. I mean, I can, I would like to, you know, before, cause I don't know how much longer we got here, but would really like to tell you what we're doing for AER. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got another 10 holders. minutes. So, um, okay. so even though you might be applying within the chain of command structure, you know, at your particular post or base Fort hood, don't think that you got to only apply for companies that work right outside the front gate of Fort hood. You can go anywhere in the country. Yeah, you can literally go anywhere in the yeah. country. And uh, that's the great thing. When this first started, it was kind of, you would have, you know, like when you retire, I think you get 20 days from missive TDY. I think a soldier gets 10 days from missive TDY. Mm-hmm. Gave them zero time to do any of these programs and do a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, efforts from different people. Uh, it got to where, it, I think we got it up to 120 days and now it's up to 120 days. I think they call it administrative absence yeah. to where a soldier can go anywhere. You know, his only issue is he's got to, He's got to pay to get there himself. If there is lodging that is not provided, he's yeah. got to pay. For, he or she has to pay for the lodging. And they got to pay for their own food. So it's it's just, it's like it's basically permissive TDY. All expenses are on yeah. you. That's what um, that's what my so, next question was. That the army is yeah. going to pay you your current salary as a soldier to go do this program. Where does Army Emergency Relief come into that? Yeah. So uh, I mean and. That is, to me, the great thing about this program is the Army realizes that transition is an issue, and they want to help soldiers get set up for this. And, and I just want to add one piece that's also a real benefit to the career skills program. So say you join the Army at, you know, 18 years old, and then you spend three and a half years doing your thing in the Army. 
regardless of your MOS. And then the last six months, the army allows you leadership allows you to uh, participate in the career skills program and they get out to a meaningful job. I mean, there's not much of a better recruiting tool than that. In my opinion, to say the army brought me in, took care of me while I was in and helped me transition to get this great job, you know, so it, it affects recruit affects uh, recruiting as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so with these soldiers, um, you know, all of the expenses are on them. Now, if you go from say Bragg to Campbell for a CSP, a lot of the garrisons have barrack space where a soldier can stay in those barracks. So that cuts down on a gigantic cost right away. Um, but all those other expenses fall on them. So what we do is we decided we don't want money to be a reason that a soldier cannot participate in a career skills program. And we did a, you know, we did like a pilot program uh, between uh, JBLM, Fort Hood and Fort Bliss to kind of see, not necessarily if there'd be interest because we knew that there would be interest in this and we knew that soldiers would participate in it. We wanted to just kind of iron out all the wrinkles of the process uh, of how we were going to go about this. And, and just through that pilot, we, we learned a few things and um, we're still kind of determining, determining money amounts, uh, how much to provide each soldier as a total based on this first year, we're going to see how they do in this first six to 12 months, you know, kind of the things that they're requesting and what they need, but the, but which is great. Army emergency relief has committed at least $3 million. Oh, I won't say at least we we've committed $3 million to the career skills program this year. So, um, and I don't see it stopping at that. I think this is a great program that'll, that'll continue to, to keep rolling. But what we decided to do was give different amounts based on, where the soldier is stationed compared to where the career skills program is. So if a, say, a soldier's on Fort Campbell attending on Fort, a CSP on Fort Campbell, mm-hmm. we will give them a $500 grant. They don't even have to pay it back. Uh, if they are on Fort Campbell going to Fort Bragg, we will give them a $1,000 grant, don't have to pay it back. And then if they are, say, they're in Europe, because that's one of the hardest places trans- to transition out of is Europe, uh, yeah. and then you're trying to – get your way back here and find a job. So if they're in say Europe or Korea, any of those Oconus locations and they fly back to the U S or they fly to another Oconus location, such as like um, we'll say Alaska or Hawaii for training, we'll give them a $1,500 grant. Well, that's, you know, so, that was so going to be my next question. Yeah. Cause most of the emergency relief money, a lot of it's typically done in a, a no or low interest loan that you know pay back over time. So I was going to ask that question, like some of this money may not have to be paid back. So I'm glad you addressed that. Yeah. For us, it's, there's everything is a no interest loan. We have zero interest loans. Okay, there are awesome. no, there's no loan that we do that is any percentage. So they're all zero, zero percent. Yeah. Um, and these are all grants. Cause we look at one of the most stressful, if not the most stressful thing when you transition is money, especially if you have a family, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to put a loan on them, uh, you yeah. know, before they're getting out. So, so it's all, it's all a grant. We, we want to, and, and we know we're not naive. We know that this does not cover all the costs, mm-hmm. but we, but we want it to help. We want to help with some of the costs because yeah. fortunately, you know, unfortunately we couldn't, we couldn't afford covering all the costs because it can get up into the thousands for some of these soldiers. So sure. now yeah, we've talked about a lot about the soldier side of things. What does a company have to do to actually qualify to be involved in the career skills program? Yeah. So honestly, like I was saying that, that would be, I don't know those details that that would definitely be a much better question uh, for the career skills program, uh, program manager. But if somebody, somebody listening to this is in, you know, has a company that might seem to be, it might be an applicable um, venture for them. Again, they would just go to the, 
Google the career skills program and get into the website and try to figure out how to apply to become a, a career skills company. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, you want to make sure that you're on the installation management command website and they, they have okay. a site that is accessible. You don't have to have a military ID or anything like that to view it. So, and, okay. and there are, there's points of contact on there um, for that. So it, that's, that's definitely the route that I would take. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. What a great program. So um, any other final details that you'd like to share with us before we uh, sign off? We got, we got three or four minutes. Okay. You know, just a couple of things about AER overall, you know, we are an organization that is here to assist our retired service members mm-hmm. and active duty soldiers and their eligible family members. Um, you know, if there's something that you need, always reach out to us. Don't, don't think that you know what we do or do not uh, provide assistance for. If you don't know, it does not hurt to ask. And I can tell you our organization really behind every request is we try to figure out how to get to yes. We figure out what we can do, you know, to the best of our ability to help, to help someone. There are just some things that we can't help with. You know, we don't help with like say credit cards and buying cars and buying homes straight out, things like that. But, you know, for an example, for a car, a soldier gets into an accident, totals his car. We can help with a $4,000 interest free loan to purchase a new car. So, you know, that's Mm -hmm. 4,000 up to 4,000. You know, so that's for, you know, if he goes out and buys a new car, that's 4,000 of that can be interest free, you know? So, so we really, we look at every case individually. We don't, there, there's no bias. We don't care what, we don't care what rank. We don't, we don't care anything other than you got to be retired, active duty. You can be national guard and reserve on title 10 active duty orders, Mm -hmm. but there's always those exceptions to policy for, you know, for some of those who are not eligible. So, like I said, we were an organization that works hard at trying to get to yes, to, to do everything we can do to assist our soldiers. Cause we look at it as soldiers, say if a soldier's down range, the last thing he wants to worry about is his family back here um, mm-hmm. in financial despair. You know, we want them to right. know that we're here and we're always willing to help. And the yeah. other part is we work very tightly with the red cross. So, you know, if, if a soldier needs assistance, they can always reach out to the red cross. The red cross will contact us and we'll work the request through the red cross. Okay. And the, the Army Emergency Relief actually will provide assistance to retirees at times also. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, so we don't help those. Unfortunately, we we're not large enough if you organization to help every veteran that gets mm-hmm. out. But if you are a retiree, either medical retiree or through longevity, uh, yes, mm-hmm. we, we provide assistance to them and their family members. And then we also have a survivor's program to where if, uh, the service member, the retired service member, or the active duty service member has passed away. Uh, we provide assistance to their survivors for their, for their lifetime. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's uh, that's yeah. awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry, major. What other, what other last words you got for everybody? Well, I, I would just say that, you know, kind of going back to this is a great organization. Uh, take advantage of everything that we have to offer. Just look us up on, uh, on our army emergency relief website, but, you know, kind of going back to the career skill side of it, don't take transition uh, lightly. It is bigger than you think, and you're not going to realize yeah. its importance until you're until you're kind of at that mark. And leaders got to realize how important transition is for their soldiers and do their best to support them. Absolutely, great words of advice. All right, well, I appreciate you uh, sharing your transition story and uh, all the great things at Army Emergency Relief uh, AER, and uh, especially all the information about the career skills program with everybody. Thank you. I really appreciate the time. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. 
Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.